Anchor. So this segment is <laughs> just going to be me driving to work. Um, I kind of wanted to piggyback on the podcast we did a few days ago. <clears throat> it may even be a week now because this girl's inconsistent. <laughs> um, but if you guys are new here, um, and by the way, thank you so much for being new here. I have wanted to do this podcast for a very long time. And I was always so nervous and so worried about, was I good enough or different things like that, but uh, Nick and I had gotten together and made the Candace Nick show. And I'm so sorry that Nick has not been here. He's just been working and, and life's been a little different, so. In due time, we think about you guys often. But anyways, back to the point. So last week we touched on a segment called, What's the Worst Thing That's Ever Happened to You? And uh, V and I were talking about uh, our sexual assault, uh, how do I say this, stories, I suppose. And in that story, I had happened to mention God. Uh, so Violet had asked me how I survived my situation. And <laughs> it's funny, like I, I instantly felt like I heard an audience of like 500 people go, oh my God this girl she's one of those and honestly I'm, I no I'm not I'm not a Christian I, in fact I'm on this journey to not necessarily debunk Christianity but to explain the errors of being in such a cult I grew up being Baptist um and it wasn't necessarily something I had ever wanted to do. It was just something that was requested and required of me to do. Go to church every Sunday. And in going to church, my eight-year-old mind was very inquisitive about everything because I was being traumatized. I wasn't in a, like a, a happy home setting. No one around me was really happy either. So I, I kind of was one of those kids that would like shake my fist in the sky or to the sky and and say, dude, like, what's your deal? Why, why are you always picking on me? Like, I, I hate you. I, I can't believe that you would really let all these things happen to a little kid like me. What did I ever do to be born? I would listen to pastors talk about if you did all these things, you would get into heaven. If you acted this way, um, you would essentially be God's, like, pupil, his favorite pupil. And you'd be in this safe, cool club that only God's pupils are in. And I felt like I could never attain that. I always felt like I was chasing someone or something that never answered to me. And that broke me, especially in a lot of moments where someone had me in a very uncomfortable place. Just to say that for sure. So as I got older, <clears throat> I uh, turned to drugs and, and drinking, and I was just a hot mess, really. I did whatever I wanted, and, and no one in this world could ever stop me but me. No one had control over me. I was just the top shit, and even though I was young, 20-year-old something, I could have cared less on what the consequences were for my actions. I just wanted the world to burn. And so, one day I was working at a Burger King. 
this is down in Florida. I had just dropped out of high school. I'm 18 at the time. My parents were always like, you know, you... <laughs> as, soon as, you hit, you, as soon as you hit 18, you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. But until then... And that was my getaway car. Snuck out a window. Ran away to Florida. And got a job at a Burger King. So as I am, like, ringing up a customer, I notice that he has, like, an English accent. And I thought that was amazing because I don't often hear that around. So uh, this guy tells me about his life a little bit. You know, it's just quick chit-chat as we're doing his transaction. And finally, at the end of his transaction, he's passing me money. And so he lets the money rest in my hands as it's still connected to his hand. And he's like, the life you're leading is going to lead you straight to hell. Mind you, he didn't know anything I was doing in my whole life. Who cares if I was partying every night and drinking my ass to sleep? It's none of your fucking business. <laughs> At least that's what I used to think. And for some odd reason, I don't know, it just it stuck out a little bit more. I'm sure everyone's heard the you're going to hell speech. So by then it was just kind of water over a dam. But for again, for some odd reason, this one just made sense. So I think I left work, and I just started to walk home, and I'm talking to this god, and I'm like, how dare you, like, say that to me, and you don't even talk to me or respond to me or anything, like, I just don't get it, and I'm just all the more mad, and it kind of just took my whole uh, drunken stupor to a different level. It made drinking feel uncomfortable, it made sitting down and smoking a joint seem naughty, if you will. And I, I'm just still talking. I'm like, I don't get it. You know, I really don't get it. And at some point, I start thinking about uh, Moses. I don't know, during this walk home, I'm thinking about Moses. And I was like, fine. I'm going to walk barefoot home every day from work, and I'm going to talk. Because if you're going to tell me this, I demand an answer. And I would do this every day for about a week or two. For the first week, it didn't really seem like anything would happen. And then the next week, I was more relaxed. Silly me was actually meditating on these walks. And I'd be thinking about life and stuff that would happen. So I'm, I'm walking like Moses. The wind would blow a certain way when I asked certain questions. And it would just feel eerie, I guess that's the word. Stay with me here, though. So, uh, that evening, sometime in the second week, I uh, had moved up to going into my bathroom and just meditating in silence. I figured spirituality would be my vibe. I lit incense. I can't recall what I was listening to, really. It was just meditation music. But I had my feet, like, I had my, my knees to my chin, my arms are wrapped around my shins, and I'm just in this meditative place. Suddenly this like burst of light hit my eyes, and they're closed at the time. And with this burst of light, there happened to be a lion with a heart in its mouth, and that heart was wrapped in gold chains. So it was almost like no matter what that lion wanted to do, he couldn't crush the heart that was beneath it. Then I remember hearing uh, my boyfriend 
opened the gate to get inside and as soon as it happened, it was gone. That feeling was gone. I had never felt so uplifted or loved or... I don't know how to explain it. But that was my first start. So little things would happen, like I'd be at work and I'm like, oh man, I'm so tired of the shift, I just want to go home. My boss, <laughs> she leaned over the fryer and was like, Ashley, go home. And I would just be like, what the fuck? <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> or I would be really short on cash and suddenly some stranger would just toss me a 50. And little things like that would start happening. Things in my universe, per se, was changing. And that was okay, because what I was asking for, I was receiving. I've noticed that with actual Christianity, it takes away from God himself. God can be a she, a they, whatever the case it is to you. But to me, it's he, because I've never had a dad, and I've always loved a fatherly figure in my life. So that's how I look to God. How do I go about this? <clears throat> when you read the Bible, people always are like, it's man-made, you know, it, it, it lies, and different things like that. And that is very so correct. Every story in the Bible was written on someone else's account. And it was based on someone else's opinions. And these people were ordained back then, and their word mattered as such. Of course, as generations go by and so like that, uh, religion changed. The Bible changed. Um, and I, I believe that 100% to work in whomever's favor. It's kind of funny. Like at the very end of the Bible, the book of Revelation, very end, um, before the final sentences, it kind of goes something like, no one should ever change, shift, or alter these words, so help them God. Something like that. And I was like, wow, you know, if this was like a reality TV show, it, it would kind of be a little obvious that someone probably altered it and made it weird. I felt like it was on a Scooby-Doo show or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, how do I say it? I knew that things were kind of funky. I then went out to read something called the Gateway Experience. Um, you can go to CIA.gov to look up this uh, document, but otherwise I recommend just Googling it and you should find the PDF. This document is like, gotta be like 50 to 70 pages long, and it's someone's... Um, not necessarily a thesis, but I, I can say thesis. <clears throat> They're explaining how uh, the universe is a hologram, and instead of saying God like I would, they would say uh, not necessarily higher being, but uh, source. There you go, source. They would say something like that. So as I'm skimming through and they're explaining astral projection, anything that people do in witchcraft is actually valid. I, I, I do do witchcraft, but people say it in a weird way where instead of it being the craft of the witch, it's more like, grab your pitchforks, she's dangerous. No, <laughs> I think that's very silly 
felt so bad for the witches that got absolutely hurt and killed by the Puritans, but moving forward. At the end of this document, <laughs> it goes something like, the contents of these pages will not affect those in the Eastern and Western religions because what they believe is law, period. So in other words, I took that as, it doesn't matter who reads this, if they're religious or not, like, or excuse me, if they are religious, they are not going to find that any of this in here matters. There would never be um, proof of aliens, there would never be anything outside of Jesus, per se. It blew my mind because everything is so very organized. Uh, people go to school, they, they sit in, and they walk in single file lanes, um, they, they get married, they have the husband, the wife, the pig fence, it's the, the whole American dream, it's, it's organized, very organized, and people don't even realize that they're just living these conveyor belt lives, but to the point. In my quote-unquote witchcraft or spirituality, I find God in many moments, in many segments, just that calming and that peace and the knowing. It's hard to explain intuition. It's hard to explain what it feels like to be one-on-one -on -one with God, but it feels amazing. And, and I guess I did this podcast to say, like, dude, the God that people talk about in Christianity merely lives in a church or he's hanging on a cross, and that's all he ever accomplished or went through, and he's gone. They see him on Sundays, and that is their good noodle star of the day. But God's source is not that person that was created to harm. I believe in Jesus 100%. And the longer you follow me on my podcast, we'll talk about more how I, I express spirituality. I'm pretty sure I jumped everywhere. But anyways, God does not look at those things that everyone else points out. Like, I was terrified that I was going to go to hell because I was a pansexual. I was terrified to ever express my feelings about liking the same sex or anything like that because I was just going to instantly go to hell. Goodbye, garbage. Have it your way. <laughs> but that's not God. I remember being in my closet and I was like, I was very distraught and I was upset and I'm like, how can I love you? How can I love you, God? How can I worship you when you don't like me because of what I like? And in a very still voice, he goes, but I never said that. To this day, you can go to the Bible, and you can look yourself and see that Jesus not once ever said that. It was never an issue for him, but it was an issue for everyone else that can't accept people in general. Notice that you have to come as this perfect person before you're ever accepted into Christianity. And it's a double-edged sword because... If you come as this perfect person, you get there, you're still not perfect enough. You're never enough. You're never ever going to be enough. You're always going to have to strive for more, do more, get a better job, look better, treat someone else better, be better. You're a machine. Let's get it. Hoorah. But 
to God, you, in this moment, this very second, this very hour, you are enough. No matter what you think about yourself, no matter like how you treat yourself, understand that you are so loved. And it's not that love that people like try to force down your throat. Like, please understand, I'm not coming to you as a business marketer. But love, the feeling in your heart, the thing that makes you feel good. Love is very rare to come by, I'd like to say. People have taught me that it's, love is fleeting. It's not consistent. But I've learned in my spirituality that love is that, peace is that, joy is that. Yeah. It's a beautiful way, I'd like to say. <laughs> it kind of sucks that Christianity kind of speaks in the front and makes a lot of people feel like even down to the very bones you're not enough and I get it it's bullshit to always have to strive for that but I don't know so for now I'm going to let you guys go because <laughs> I know I've been talking for a while I will continue on this segment soon Hold me to it, but I'll be soon. Or if not just in the next segment, in many other segments, I will kind of give you my puzzle, if that makes sense. Tell you what I see God as. Yeah. And I leave you with this last thing. God will never talk to you in some booming, big, gigantic voice that shakes your house and, like, rips you out of your bed. <clears throat> He speaks in a still, small voice. Nine times out of ten, if you can't hear him, you're probably thinking out loud over him. Try a little meditation. You deserve to sit with yourself and not be uncomfortable. Because there's nothing wrong with you. And everything wrong with you. Bye.